0: Welcome to the Morningstar Podcast, where we engage in meaningful conversations that display God's handiwork and encourage you to live a Jesus-first life. This episode is all about sharing the story of God's faithfulness through personal testimony. So let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Morningstar Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob. having uh, Jim Smith with me on the podcast. Jim, how are you doing? Doing well, sir. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, My pleasure, my pleasure. honor. You were one of the first people that I like really remember interacting with in Morningstar outside of my community group way, way back in the early days of the online stuff where you were the, the pioneer, the uh, Lewis and Clark, really, of the online stream. Um, and you kind of brought me into that world and I've been there ever since. So this is a huge honor to me to just be able to hear more of your story. Um, how long have you been at like Morningstar?
1: Uh, I think it's somewhere between 15, and 16 years, somewhere around there.
0: Okay. Okay. And you, you used to do work here doing like.
1: Yeah. So my wife and I went here for a while and mm-hmm. then, uh, maybe it was eight ish years ago. Uh, I started working here mm-hmm. and then, uh, just stepped out, uh, uh, maybe six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as from staff, mm-hmm. still attending, still volunteering. My wife and I, uh, Still view high school students as our kind of our our core ministry, mm-hmm. um, but so I've been attending for fifteen ish and been serving in high school ministry for about fifteen ish. Nice, and then uh, been was on staff for about eight years.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm sure many of you guys uh, watching the video will recognize Jim from the online host segments, which um, I love those little segments, and you've been on there. Uh, dozens Too of times.
2: <laughs> People are
1: like, Man, we, we finally got the guy off the air. Let's put more of him. So I'm sorry, guys. I, I apologize.
0: If you of you, uh, Auntie Jim Smith uh, on the YouTube, just being like, ah, got him one more time. It's really good that they removed the thumbs down thing
1: where you can't see it now because it won't hurt my yes. feelings.
0: Yes. You got the Jim, Jim requested that a million times and they finally got it. No, no, we all love you, Jim. Um, You're very well loved among the community. And I'm just very honored to um, have you here. But so walking back, you said you started to get more going to Morningstar like 15 years ago. Um, When would you say you kind of started your journey with Christ?
1: You know, I think it's like a lot of people where there was Mm -hmm. not like a clear demarcation. Um, I had kind of ongoing growth. So really for me, it was high school, mm. um, which is why I'm so passionate about high school ministry. I, when I was in high school, I started going to a church, mm-hmm. uh, and it was mostly to shut up a pair of older people I knew. <laughs> so I've got these, these giant paintings in my hallway of, of these people, Bob and Audrey. Mm. They were, a uh, old fart couple lived mm. across the street from me or, uh, lived, uh, in my neighborhood and I across the street from me was a, a playground, a school. I'd go mm. play basketball every day. This old couple would be out there walking their dogs, and I would uh, like go say hi because I like dogs. Didn't like people, (laughs) but uh, they kept inviting me to church, and I'm like, no, not interested, not interested. Finally went just to shut them up, and then I went through high school, but mostly because it was, hey, I can be better than somebody else. Mm. Like, Here's one more thing I can be right about that someone else will be wrong about. Mm. And so I would have said I was a believer, but only out of selfish, ambitious pride. Hmm. And then uh, it really didn't dictate anything about how I viewed myself, how I viewed others, what mattered in my life. Hmm. And then uh, later in life, went through some garbage. We could talk about it. It's not off limits. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then God really grabbed my heart not too long before I started coming to Morningstar. Hmm. So I would have said I was a believer from like high school on. Mm-hmm. Got baptized, went to church, was on the leadership team of the high school ministry, and mm-hmm. stacked chairs like a boss. But it was also <laughs> old, other old people look at me and go, oh, that guy's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not because Jesus had really changed who I was. Mm. Um, but then later in life, he did. <laughs> you know, he's faithful to follow through. If you ask God, do something in my life, he might actually do it.
0: Yeah. it's the Sometimes the most dangerous prayer requests are the ones that come true, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, that's really... um, Did you grow up in Salem area for my reference? No, I I actually grew
1: up in uh, Southern California. Um, okay. We moved at the end of every school year and on a lot of Christmases. Mm -hmm. And so every six months or so, we'd move. So I never really consider any like one spot home, Mm -hmm. but most of high school was in Bakersfield, California. Okay. Uh, Lovingly referred to as the armpit of California. (laughs) Um, But I lived high school in that area and then Mm -hmm. right up until then and right after then started moving again. Okay. Um, so I've lived in Oregon now for maybe it's been 17 years. Oh, wow. Um, but before that, it was California, Washington, mm-hmm. and then bouncing around California.
0: Mm-hmm. So you maybe consider yourself at least part Oregonian now?
1: Oh, yeah. I've been here long enough. they like, mm-hmm. this is home.
0: Okay. Like, nice, nice.
1: Yeah. We're done.
0: <laughs> um, so take me a little bit into the mind of like um, high school Jim, who would, he oh, wanted man. to pet dogs, but, and play basketball, which oh. I, I relate to. Those both great things, um, with your, I don't know, take me into your mind a little bit then.
1: Oh man. Uh, easiest ways. I was a jerk. I still am, hmm. but I was more of a jerk. Hmm. Uh, it's just selfish, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's an element where everyone at that age thinks they're the center of the story of their lives. Right. Yep. But, uh, you combo that with, I was, am, Uh, emotionally stunted in my range Hmm. and so didn't process or think about other people's feelings at all Hmm. that's been very much a recent acquired ability in my life Hmm. and so when you don't yeah i mean it wasn't like i just was trying to be hurtful Hmm. i just didn't notice that it was it wasn't a thought in my mind how somebody might feel or how Hmm. what i said would make them feel to me it was a cold calculation could Hmm. i get what i wanted if i said these words or those words Mm-hmm. whether or not it was true, whether or not it hurt somebody, didn't even factor into the decision. It was mm-hmm. just just a very selfish person. Mm-hmm. And I still am, but at least now I'm struggling against it instead of just embracing it wholeheartedly.
0: Yeah, and we have the spirit to help us along the way, right? Yeah.
1: It's- I think of in Mere Christianity, he's got that part where he talks about pride. He mm-hmm. says when pride comes full, full, full bore, it's not when you start caring what everyone else thinks. It's when you say, why would I care what they think compared to what I think? Mm-hmm. And the first time I read that book, I went, well, that's me. Mm. Like, this is a problem. I thought that was a thing to be elevated. Mm. You know, I was a typical just jerk of a high schooler quoting Emerson going like, self-reliance, <laughs> like no greater object in man is life is mm-hmm. that I would respect myself. Mm-hmm. What are you to me? And then C.S. Lewis is bagging on it. And I'm going, well, You two need to work this out.
0: Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Emerson uh, Lewis conversation would have been for the legend.
1: Now I would pay money to sit there and listen to them (laughs) talk. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That'd be great. Um, So you're kind of at this place where you're kind of operating as the center of your own universe, which, you know, I, I've, Feel like you said, like a lot, every high schooler has to go through that phase at some point. Um, but you're going through this phase and you said at some point you already started coming to church maybe to prove this couple wrong. And, but they had a dog. So, you know, they're also cool um, in my eyes, I guess. But um, And then at some point um, you gained like an awareness of that mentality that you had. When did that happen?
1: Uh, Mid to late 20s. Okay. So, (laughs) that's the thing. Like, most high schoolers grow out of that phase, right? (laughs) That's the sign of maturity. Like, maybe you're ready for college now. You're aware Mm -hmm. there's a bigger world out there. Mm -hmm. Even when I was in college, it's still just me. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, even when I was, I I accepted Jesus in the sense that I said, there's a God and I'm not him, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I couldn't see him and I can see me. So I still outrank every other human being on the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I went because this older couple was unique. Uh, mm-hmm. I I viewed me and the people that were in my life at the time as very sociopathic or mm-hmm. emotionally stunted, depending on which day you ask me. <laughs> but uh, not a lot of feelings about our own lives, other people's lives. It was very mm-hmm. just strategic mm-hmm. and it never crossed my mind to be anything different. And, uh, so I go to church and I find this girl there and I think, well, I can keep going to church <laughs> and, uh, I won. She married me, Just oh, took a long time,
0: Congratulations!
1: but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mostly wanted to be a Christian because this girl wasn't going to date a non-believer. So, Hey, and I wanted to be right and I want to be righter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And God would tell me what to do, but that's in a book that I don't have to open if I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And so even through most of high school, college, early adult years, was still very much, doing whatever I wanted to do whenever Mm -hmm. I wanted to do it. Um, So I guess that, I mean, how Mm -hmm. I, when things started to change was I, at this point we were living in Santa Rosa, California, got married. It's my wife and I up there Mm -hmm. and I'm working for a computer company. And Mm -hmm. I, uh, I get into the habit of stealing things. Mm -hmm. Didn't cross my mind. I mean, I guess it didn't cross my mind intellectually. Like, ah, this is wrong, but Mm -hmm. whatever. They're stupid. I'm smart. I'm smart enough to get away with it. Stupid people are there to be fleeced and Mm -hmm. by people like me it was somehow a point of pride that like I was better than them mm-hmm. because I could steal from them because hmm. that's what it's like to be a moron. <laughs> and, uh and so I, for a number of years, you hmm. know, I just treated the, my own store that I was a store manager of, of this chain. Hmm. Like it was my own personal loaner program. Take whatever I want, whenever I want. Hmm. And, uh, and then one day um I, I we move and we're living in, uh, Albany, Oregon. Hmm. And I, uh, I'm driving from Albany to my store up in Salem and don't like music. All this emotionally stunted thing kind of hmm. ties in with like whatever music does to get people an emotional response. I generally just don't have. Hmm. And, uh, but for one random day, I'm, I'm singing a Christian song. Not only do I not like music, hmm. I doubled down. Don't like Christian music. Like a lot of it just comes across so cheesy
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I didn't have the, connection with god that made worship actually be worship hmm. it was i know the words i can prove i'm good enough why do i gotta keep singing this stuff right hmm. so i'm driving to work and i'm singing a christian song which is really weird for me hmm. and uh but it's the rich mullen song if i stand hmm. still one of my favorite songs but it talks about if i stand let me stand on your promises if i fall let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you hmm. and i'm singing this and i would even look back and go yeah i accepted jesus in high school so maybe they're like holy spirit was working in my life Mm-hmm. To bring about actual repentance. Mm. And so I get to work that day and my boss is there and we're getting ready to have conversation about just clients and customers and stuff. And I just have this conviction. I just Here's, here's everything. Mm. And uh, obviously get fired,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, lose my job. And I'm thinking like my job is who I am. That's what I am. Mm. Not beloved child of God, not servant of Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm a smart guy who does computer stuff. That's who I am. And uh, so get fired, go talk to my wife. And she had no idea because she's a good person. Yeah. And uh, so I break her heart mm-hmm. and she tells me, well, this hurts and it doesn't mean things don't have to change, but I love you. Hmm. And it was like in that instant, it clicked that that's how God is. It's not, hey, I forgive you. I sweep it under the rug. It's hmm. no, like your sin actually hurts mm-hmm. and and. Puts a barrier in our relationship,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and but I love you more enough mm-hmm. to to find a way through this, right? My wife's not going. Hey, it just doesn't matter. No big deal, and she's mm-hmm. not saying, "Hey, we're done."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, we were actually in escrow to buy a house, lost the house. Mm-hmm. We were going to have a kid, no kid because all of a sudden we can't afford to feed one if we're going to,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and uh, so it, it took every dream she had and just shattered them. Wow, and she says this hurts things are going to have to change but mm. i love you more than all that and it, and with that click it was like okay then i need to be the best husband ever i need mm. to show you as a response to your love that i love you back and that that i want to be a good husband to you because of how you've loved me when i am unlovable mm-hmm. and then i all these like sermons that i listened to when i was in high school click in because of course i wasn't going to church and all that mm. and uh so it clicks like wait that's what it is god Mm -hmm. loves me when i'm unlovable and if he would love me when when i'm at my worst how can i do anything other than respond to god with then i need to love you all in i need to give you my life because of how you've loved me Hmm. and so it was it was really the love of my wife the one person that was like my exemption from my my sociopathy Hmm. was this realization that that's what the love of god should be like
0: wow and that's That's awesome to hear because that's kind of like part of one of the big purposes of marriage, right? Is to be the image of God model or to be a model of, you know, Christ's love for the church. And here your wife is doing that
1: in an intensely practical way. Yeah. Like not just, hey, let me drag you to church or let me tell you about Jesus, but in a way that telling me about Jesus would not have done Mm, mm -hmm. saying you've never really repented. You've never really been sorry for who you are Mm. and asked for God to change you. You've asked for God to put a stamp of approval on who you are. Mm-hmm. That would have never worked because a prideful person can't be told you're prideful, right? Mm-mm-mm. And instead, she showed it to me, and it it started. I would think my my real following of Jesus and mm-hmm. beginning of grasping at the truth of the ways that He loves us mm-hmm. and the response that that demands.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's good. Um, wh- like, what did that look like for you? Because you have this moment. I uh, imagine it was not a very fun moment, right? Um, but these moments of awakening generally always aren't fun, right? right? Um, and then what what starts changing? What do you start like doing like mental processes not just like physical things? Like what do you see start changing?
1: Well, for me I'm, I'm a very uh, analytical thinker, I'm strategic, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I have all of these thoughts in my head of who I am. Mm-hmm. And and I write a lot. And, and so mm. I remember at that point, like sitting in my truck and writing an article about like, I think of myself as a smart person, mm. but I think I have to grapple with the fact that maybe I'm intelligent because mm. I can acquire information about useless stuff quickly, mm-hmm. but that's not being wise. Mm. And all these promptings in the Bible for wisdom that I thought, check, got it.
2: Mm.
1: I-, I was in no way even on that. I, I am not wise. Mm. And for me to begin to like separate those out and go, look, the Bible never goes, this guy was super intelligent, so that's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Smart guy, dumb guy, God was not more pleased with one or the other. Mm. Wisdom was the application of what you knew. I knew I shouldn't steal, shouldn't lie, shouldn't do bad things. Mm-hmm. Did them anyway. That's not wise. And so, as I grapple with like, I'm not wise. Mm-hmm. I am a fool in every biblical description of the word. Mm-hmm. And then grappling with, okay, so then if my identity has been in my intellect and in my, my head, mm-hmm. that's not what it is. It does matter how I treat people, mm-hmm. what I do, because if I intellectually know people matter, but I treat people like they're a thing to be extracted from, mm-hmm. then I'm not being wise. And so I started making my goal pursuing wisdom because the bible made that clear that's a good thing to chase Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. and i didn't know what else to go for because it wasn't going to be being successful or prosperous Mm -hmm. and so i really started looking at okay if my identity is not that i'm a computer guy Mm -hmm. and i still like computers my job now happens to be back doing that again Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but i spent a lot of years you know i worked for a a retailer for like seven years i called it my purgatory of like (laughs) here i am like i think of myself as this really smart guy bad Mm -hmm. clothes Put, put clothes and fold them all day long, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wasn't impressed with what I did, mm-hmm. which was so much my identity came from what my job was. Mm-hmm. Here's what I do, so here's who I am. Because you mm-hmm. think when you meet someone, right, one of the first few questions everybody asks, yeah. like, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. And everyone answers with their job. Yeah. But for a long time now, my answer is usually, well, my wife and I do high school ministry and we try to mm-hmm. care about high schoolers. And they go, Mm -hmm. well, no, what do you do for your work? I'm like, well, then just ask that, jerk. (laughs) And it's and it's that Mm -hmm. mentality. I want to get out of that thought of who I am Uh is what I do for a living. Hmm. That's the job that pays the bills. But ultimately, every job pays bills. Every job gives money. That's the Mm -hmm. trade. It's not who you are.
2: Hmm.
1: How people feel when you leave the room, whether or not people feel like I challenge them, encourage them, support them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's what will matter when I'm dead. Mm -hmm. Whether or not I made a couple dollars more at one job versus another, that's Hmm. fleeting as fast as anything else can be.
2: Hmm.
0: So you're undergoing this mentality shift. And from what I'm hearing, it's at least summarizing very much from a, um, I mean, a a self centered, a self centric thought style (laughs) to like, now you're talking about how, how, what, how does what I do affect how people, when I leave the room and all that stuff. So very much, a. um, others centered the opposite. Right. Um, what in making that transition to trying to think like that, um, what was like the biggest challenge for you?
1: I would say even from that moment and through to even recent life mm-hmm. it is the knowledge that it's exhausting hmm. and, and that it's, it's never easy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I just the very nature of if you start to become more intentional about thinking about how what you do what you say how you act influences Mm -hmm. other people you realize there's no end to it Mm -hmm. like be nice to people they all measure you seven billion to one or whatever (laughs) right and when you realize that even when you're trying to be loving trying to be kind trying to to do what you think is the right thing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i'm gonna hurt people
2: Hmm.
1: i'm gonna be the reason somebody else doesn't want to follow jesus and if I was able to not care, not notice, mm-hmm. sometimes I, th- I go back and go, man, that'd be blissful, right? Like to just, to be that self-centered again
2: mm-hmm.
1: means not being aware of those. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've got names in a list in my head of just like, man, this person, I, I want to be at peace with them and I want to have a healthy relationship with them, but the more aware of it I am, the more I see that I'm not, that that I drag them down, right? Mm-hmm. That even when I'm trying to follow Jesus and trying to love others, to be genuinely self-aware real is to realize that you don't always have the impact you think you would like to have or that mm-hmm. you are trying to have. Sometimes you think, man, I'm trying for this, mm-hmm. but man, I I broke that heart. Or I mm-hmm. I I I got in the in the way for that person to following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the mantra of my last few years of my life has been the realization that every one of us is somebody else's reason why they can't see Jesus clearly. Wow. Like if our goal as believers is that we can paint that picture the way my wife did for me, right.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That, that one day they could grasp at even the beginnings of, of who God is and his love for them. Mm -hmm. And even though that's the deepest cry of my heart, that's what I want. That's what I want people to have and experience that, that knowledge that, I'm just as much for some people the
2: opposite.
1: Hmm. And sometimes people are like, oh no, like you're not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No, I am. Like there mm-hmm. are people who I know would watch the podcast and, and be frustrated that hmm. I'm on it.
2: Hmm.
1: And, and it's not because I'm actively trying to be hurtful to anyone anymore, but hmm. it's that knowledge that none of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. And and when Paul, someone who loved Jesus and lived it all in, right, mm-hmm. says, I'm chief of sinners. I go, yeah, I get that. Like, Mm -hmm. The more that I try to be holy and wise, the more I realize how much dumb stuff I do. Mm -hmm. And even if no one else is judging me for that, or only this one person doesn't like that, Mm -hmm. that's one person that that weighs on me, that -hmm. that I think I have put a barrier between the gospel and them. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's one of the things I talk to my high schoolers, maybe too much, Mm -hmm. is that idea of, You sharing your faith once every six months because you feel guilty with one person is not the real sharing of your faith. Hmm. It's the life you live that either paints a clearer or dimmer picture of who Jesus is to everyone around you. Hmm. And you're never going to be what everybody needs, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Paul says, you know, I tried to be everything to all people. I'm not going to be that,
2: Mm -mm.
1: but I can— Try to, as much as I am capable, live at peace with all men and, mm-hmm. and, and being a peacemaker, blessed are the peacemakers. It's yep. not blessed are those who avoid conflict. It's bringing peace where there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And the more you try to like live at peace and love people, but also be honest and true, not in a hurtful way, but to try to make every relationship do what God might use that relationship to do. It just, it, uh, yeah. Hmm. That's probably my, right now, that's my greatest joy and my greatest sadness is hmm. the people who love Jesus better because of my time with them. Hmm. I soak that in and it makes me so content with my time on the planet. Mm-hmm. And the people that I look at and go, man, I hope that that we don't spend a lot of time together because I don't want to be that that thing that dims their image of what's important, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that drags me down hmm. the most.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's... I want to circle back to that and talk about that. Um, I know when I was going through some biblical counseling some time ago, um, my counselor, one of the things, one of the verses that he brought up with me was um, I think Galatians. I might be wrong. I'm sorry, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) we're not doing this open book. No, no. I mean, I could, but that takes some time. Um, Is let us not grow weary of doing what is good. Um, And Like, you know, I've heard that verse, read that verse several times, but never really understood the meaning until like he talked about it in that context and hearing you talk about it, like the exhaustion of like sanctification is a, like, it is a thing as we, we realize as we grow to know ourselves more, we also come to be more familiar with our own sin and it becomes disheartening and demoralizing, um, as you were talking about, how do you like, how do you deal with that?
1: I, there's a line that I use at riot all the time, our our high school group for those who don't know. And and it's just that I, I want my time with each person Mm -hmm. to, to be a brushstroke helping paint a clearer picture of Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the recognition that I will never paint a complete picture. Hmm. Like I will at best allude to the truth, allude to Jesus and who he is and how he feels. Mm -hmm. And as I recognize that, I think I'm able to sometimes go, hey, what you need more of is not me. I've got guys that have been in my small group that I love. And on a selfish level, I wanted them for them to stay in my group for Mm -hmm. as long as they're in high school and spend as much time around me as I can Mm -hmm. because I love them and and I, I see them growing, right? But when I see that the manner in which they're growing is maybe looking more like me and less like Jesus,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or that the things that they're good at are what I'm good at, (laughs) but the things that they're weak are where I'm weak, I think, well, then you need to be with another leader who's good where I'm weak. Mm -hmm. This, to me, is why I love Morningstar, love believers being in church. Mm -hmm. You don't always feel better going to church. It's not always easier. It's not always happy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Christians can drive you up the wall. (laughs) But nobody else will be trying to complete the picture that I paint imperfectly. There are people Mm -hmm. at Morningstar that I don't know, I don't spend time with, Mm -hmm. that probably perfectly fill in those pots that I am just a gap on the image. Mm -hmm. And so as I can recognize that, it's not that I need to be perfect because if I don't, they'll never know Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's the recognition that God made me a certain way. Mm -hmm. And when I am aware of a weakness, aware of a flaw, It's just my job to say, God, help me to change it. My life is yours. Give me clarity of the next step and what you want me to do, right? I can only be responsible for the next step. Mm -hmm. But on the good things, it's not like, oh, see, I'm so good on this. Nailed that. Mm -hmm. It's, hey, God, would you use this? Mm -hmm. Because if it's just so I can get prideful about it again, well, then that's just as much bad as anything else. Mm -hmm. But when I think of some of the people that I know who are older in years that I look up to a lot and think think very highly of
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and, and- there seems to be this uniformity of people who love Jesus all in, live in His Word, mm-hmm. and are just very aware of their shortcomings. Mm. And it's almost like anything else. If you're aware of it, you can begin to compensate. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a forgetful person. I forget people's names like it's, it's they're not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can remember the amount of RAM that was in their computer when I talked to him two years ago. <laughs> Don't know their name. Yeah. But if I know that. Mm -hmm. then I can say, look, I I don't need to make a matter of pride. I'll be that guy who humbles himself at the beginning of every conversation. Mm -hmm. Hey, I remember that you had a husband you were talking about, you guys like doing this, but remind me your name. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. right? And it's not like, hey, I I was never special anyway. So I'm willing to lower myself and say, I don't know your name. I'm sorry, repent. Mm -hmm. And then now we can have a conversation instead of them wondering the whole time if I do know their name. Mm -hmm. Because no, I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's just that. Just like anything, when you become aware of your shortcomings, you can begin to apologize for them, mm. repent to the people that you need to, mm-hmm. and uh, and compensate for the ones that can be compensated for. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly just a lot of saying "I'm sorry."
2: Isn't that the <laughs> Christian
1: life? Yeah, right. Like to others and to God. God, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. My love, I'm sorry. My kid, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a lot of that.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of recognizing our own our sin and our shortcoming and realizing that we we really do need God yeah and it's a really good thing he gave us his spirit because golly I'd be a screw up right um yeah amen I think uh oh I'm gonna butcher another quote here but I think it was John calvin or he said something along the lines of God uh grant that I might know myself better that I might know you better
1: um, I don't even know that quote I like it
0: I, I yeah I heard it I'm like oh that's that's dope uh and I think like along the lines of what you're talking about when we spend this time in becoming familiar with our own shortcomings and flaws, we are able to see the grace of God actively working and how we actually truly need him. Yeah. And like, I, you know, maybe don't have the, you know, humility to admit when I'm wrong sometimes and then when I become aware of that, and then I'm like, oh crap! And then I see a moment in which I'm able to like actually admit that I'm wrong. And I'm like, God, that is literally impossible without your Spirit. I,
1: Absolutely, yeah. And it's that idea that I—it's not the Christian answer that people think it is, right? When you're mm-hmm. not a believer and you look at believers, you think the answer is try harder, be a good person. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, I—I really—it's I just want to look more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And being a good person. Is kind of the byproduct because I'm not a good person, right? Mm-hmm. That all believers who love Jesus and recognize the gap between him and themselves are aware that I'm not swell, right? Jesus didn't pick mm-hmm. me because I'm such a great guy, <laughs> but rather he loves me in spite of it. Mm-hmm. But when you get tired of saying, I'm sorry so much, mm-hmm. eventually you say, Well, if I'm actually sorry, I need to try, mm-hmm. right? I can't just say, God, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry and then keep doing the thing i got i, I have to try mm-hmm. and even if i fail he will forgive me he's faithful and just to forgive but i have to repent and if i want to not spend the rest of my life in prayer saying i'm sorry mm-hmm. sometimes i have to try to do things that seem unnatural or that aren't me mm-hmm. but that need to be right and mm-hmm. that's what it felt like for a lot of years was a lot of the people who are hurt it's when they want an emotional response out of me and i'm like i'm, I'm sorry i don't Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a thing there if you want me to feel a certain way some of the mm-hmm. hardest conversations in my life are when somebody expects me to feel a certain way and I'm like I it's not there mm-hmm. it's not like I'm trying to cover it up for you I just it's not a thing for me to to reveal
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and they get very hurt
2: mm-hmm.
1: and to recognize like okay I can apologize for that and I can try to nurture whatever feeling is there mm-hmm. and be like all right if there's a little thing there i can i can explain to the, to the most of my capacity i feel genuine sorrow here or mm-hmm. joy about this thing mm-hmm. but it but also recognizing like you can't lie for that
2: mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes that's hurtful is mm-hmm. i want to feel a certain way and i'll tell people that like i if there's a feeling of want like mm-hmm. i i want to feel the way you would like me to and have that mm-hmm. But I don't, and I would like to. And I hope God keeps working on me and makes me Mm -hmm. more like him because Jesus wept Mm -hmm. over the guy that he knew he was going to bring back from the dead. He still wept. Uh huh. He felt the pain of people around him. Yeah. And yeah, I think of someone uh, went to Morningstar a long time ago, was a friend of mine, and they told me like, Jim, you're broken, but you're just broken in different ways that some people see easier and some don't see at all. And, Hmm. and I'm broken and we're all just. Yeah. figuring out how we need the Holy spirit in us to work on those things. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that I have some of those emotional responses. Now mm-hmm. I look at that as the miraculous, like only mm-hmm. God could have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, after 30 years and not all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like you start to see little bits of it and mm-hmm. it makes my wife happy.
0: Yeah. Now I'm as someone I've known you for probably just about two years ever since covid Um, you know, yeah, we heard um, the
1: most when the world shut down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and if you had, I mean, you're pretty open about this and I've talked about this and I've heard you talk about it, obviously, but, um, if you had somehow like removed all of those parts of our conversations, um, and just asked me, I would have actually pegged you as a very like emotionally aware person. And, um, I like, oh, having only seen the past, you know, you for the past two years. I think that is a, at least a Testament to how much God has worked in your life to produce that fruit that you have been praying for. Because I remember when I was going through like a really hard time on this past spring. And like, I remember having a conversation with you and I was like, wow, that was a very, um, like, I don't know what the right word is. Peaceful conversation in a way where I felt like, heard not just verbally but like emotionally and it felt in a way very supported by that it's it,
1: it i don't know what i don't know what the right resp- uh, uh it makes me feel like garbage when you say that because <laughs> i i still remember uh-huh. easter service i'm sitting in the back uh-huh. and i i was there actually able to just attend i was not filming or doing stuff with cameras i was i was just attending with my wife right yeah and a volunteer of mine who I care about, who's been plugged in, that I know you, right? Mm-hmm. And I see you up front and I, and I see you, you sobbing mm. and I didn't go. Mm. So you say like, oh, I felt hurt. I'm still beating myself <laughs> up about that time in your life where I was like, God gave me a conviction yeah. that if I was a more emotionally responsible person, you see somebody hurting that's in your life that you care about, like, uh-huh. go do something. And mm-hmm. I was in the back of the room paralyzed going but when people are crying they never want me around when people are crying i am i am grease on a grease fire not helpful and so i was sitting in the back talking myself out of why i shouldn't have to do what the holy spirit convicted me to do so ultimately like you bring that up but that's still in my head of like Uh the guilt that like i i saw someone that i cared about hurting and thought they need someone who's like and then i saw debbie walk over and i'm like yeah. That's Debbie. nissen she did this right, mm-hmm. and and Debbie, someone I know and I love, and and with Debbie, I'm like, oh, so somebody with a more emotional, healthy range who mm-hmm. feels real feelings and loves with mm-hmm. with emotion. I was like, okay, like cool, he's covered. But till the moment she walked over, I'm sitting in the back of the room, like mm-hmm. debating myself intellectually about is it better to do what I'm convicted that I should do, that I clearly know God would probably want me to do, mm-hmm. or the logical answer that when people are emotional. I'm a wet blanket and I hurt people in Mm. those moments. So like you, you say you felt heard. I still repent Mm. ongoing Mm -hmm. recently for Mm -hmm. not following through when I, when I saw you hurting. Mm. So yeah, I talked later because out of the sense of guilt, I'm like, (laughs) I let him hang. And then that Sunday I was like, I have to talk to him. Uh And I didn't because I knew Uh it was still emotional. And then the following Sunday, I'm like, okay, I can't put this off again. I got to like see if he can go out to lunch with me or something. Tell me what's going on. Uh-huh. But it was all because I, I knew I didn't do what I ought to have done. It's not like I only talk to someone on a sense of guilt, but it's that knowledge of like, yeah. here's what God probably intended for you to know you were loved at the peak of the hurt, uh-huh. the way that when I was hurting, my wife loved me then, not weeks later when she built up the courage. Uh-huh. So if yeah. anything, like that story to me is like, more repentance necessary.
0: I had no idea. I don't, <laughs> I don't normally tell people
1: how often yeah. uh, I have like a list in my head of things I repent mm-hmm. of whenever I think of that person. But mm-hmm. for most people it's in the hundreds. Like people I work with it's it's this like laundry list of things to say, mm-hmm. "God, I did not do that." Mm-hmm. And and you convicted me and I trust your Holy Spirit is good mm-hmm. and I didn't do the thing you convicted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's where I look at like people like Joanne Mosgrove, I worked with her for mm-hmm. years at Morningstar. And when I look up to her and think so highly of her, and one of the things early on, I said, hey, does the church do this? She goes, well, do you do that? And I go, well, no. <laughs> she goes, "When well, the church doesn't do it. The church is just the collection of people. Oh, wow. So if you think the church should go do that thing, go do that thing. And I went, uh-huh. I love that, Joe. And she said it way nicer than that, very empathetic mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But boil down to that. And I went, if I think that people should support somebody hurting, Mm-hmm. I should go support somebody hurting. Yeah. And if I think that God would convict us to do good things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's not that Christians should go do it. I should go do it. Mm-hmm. And the number of times between the person that I, that I feel God calling me to be and things that I do, it's a chasm mm. like all of us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I think that kind of illustrates with like what Joanne was saying, um, like it's it's always harder to be like the first person doing something and in a way, um, like I'm just spitballing this, but uh God's spirit convicting us is being the first person to do that thing in a way. He's saying he's bringing awareness, he's bringing the recognition and then we get in the place of yeah we still have to be like the first like person that we can see doing it. But he's almost breaking into that for us and making that. Yeah, he's
1: led the way by saying, hey, go do this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I just think the more we get in the habit of being obedient to Mm -hmm. those convictions, the happier we are. Mm -hmm. Like, the things I look back on my life that I regret the most are generally things I didn't do Mm -hmm. rather than things I did. Even though, you know, I went to jail and stole stuff. Mm -hmm. like that's not my greatest regrets. My greatest regrets are once I actually knew better
2: mm-hmm. and
1: God calls you to do this or do that. And you do less than that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you go, God, God will do what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. He's not sitting there going, well, Jim didn't do it. He had Debbie in the wings mm-hmm. and and he had someone that was receptive to his spirit and his promptings and his leadings mm-hmm. and overflow with love. God wasn't going to leave you unattended, mm-hmm. Right.
0: And he didn't, but
1: and he didn't. Yeah, a, a good number of people surrounded you, cared about you, mm-hmm. loved you, right? Mm-hmm. But I was one of the last people out the door and on, on that service, and watching people love you and support you and care about you and going, mm. yeah, and I just couldn't do it. Mm. And that knowledge of like God calls us to good things. Mm-hmm. People who do those things find joy in that, mm-hmm. and but yet we all talk ourselves out of it, right? Mm-hmm.
2: So
0: yeah, that's a that's hard. That's something I don't have an easy answer to do. I, you know, I haven't count the number. can't count the number of times. The spirit is like, Hey, you should do this. I'm like, ah, but I hate talking to people. I don't know very well. And, uh, or things like that. Um, and for the record, I hold nothing against you. Um, Thank you. God definitely had, uh, what, the things that were going on in my life were exactly what needed to be going on in my life. And the people he had talked to me were exactly what he needed me to hear. Uh, and, I trust him. And I, that's kind of the, yeah, the trust of God, I think is a big theme that you have here where like you talk about it with like, Oh, you're just adding a stroke to the painting that together as a church yes. we are painting or you're just, you know, even then like, Oh, what Debbie was in the wings and all that stuff. Um, I see in a way you have like, you're going to try and do your role, but you trust God to actually make the picture complete, whether or not your stroke is there.
1: Because when you recognize that you could never have been the one to paint a perfect picture anyway, and that's the baseline Mm -hmm. of the knowledge of God, Mm -hmm. it makes you appreciate church. I mean, that's why Mm -hmm. I love, I mean, I mentioned earlier, I love this place, Mm -hmm. right? Because, church isn't the building and the walls it's it's the people and what god does through them right mm-hmm. and so it's not even just hey they'll cover my weakness right or they'll help me out when i'm in my hard time it's it's the knowledge that i will not rightly understand the word of god mm-hmm. without other people who see it differently and explain something that i might not have picked up because they saw that other brush stroke, or that the experiences they've been through will illuminate something i need to know mm-hmm. churches Just like individuals hurt people, right? And and if I use that as my excuse to not go to church, not be plugged in, not be involved, Mm -hmm. not just do I sometimes attend on a Sunday, but make it a place where I am invested and being Mm -hmm. invested into, right? If I don't do that, then I'm relying on my own perception Mm -hmm. to be the perfect picture of Jesus that I I understand him rightly. Mm -hmm. I just think of like, John, I used to say it in a way longer way. And then uh, Pastor John said it in a sermon a while ago. <laughs> he said like, I'm wrong about 10% of Jesus and I don't know which 10%. Mm. And, I, and that that resonates so much with me of like, if I'm not surrounded by the people of God, mm-hmm. even when we screw up and we do wrong and we hurt people and Morning Star and every church on the planet and every person in a church is the reason why somebody else can't follow Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: they're also the reason why somebody can. Mm. The same person that is why maybe somebody sees Jesus through a glass dimly Mm -hmm. is the reason why somebody else can finally see him a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. And what I need to do is find those people to whom I can be of service, Mm -hmm. get out of the way when I can't, and surround myself with those people who also paint a clearer picture to Mm -hmm. me. It's not just a because I'm here, I can paint my brushstroke. It's Some people don't need anything from me. Mm. They've got someone in their life painting that part just beautifully. And if I don't think I'm what they need, Mm -hmm. Jesus is, then sometimes the most loving thing to do is step out of the way and let God work.
2: Mm.
1: And sometimes it's, hey, I love what you're getting with these people in your life. And I see that. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's talk about this aspect that maybe can help you to see Jesus clearer, understand a part of his nature that maybe isn't being discussed in your normal conversations, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I I go to bed every night and my voice is wore out because this isn't an (laughs) abnormal amount of talking from me. Mm -hmm. But it's that idea of what else do I have to give other than Mm -hmm. one more brush stroke, one more thing that somebody else, maybe I can be of use, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not so that I'm worthy. God Mm -hmm. loved me. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: as a response, how can I care about anything more than trying to help someone see him? Mm-hmm. sooner than it took for me right it's why i do high school ministry because mm-hmm. i look back and go what a moron and i would like for someone to tell me i'm a moron sooner in my life yeah it's nobody else's fault that i screwed up It's not their fault that i did it right mm-hmm. but it, what if somebody might have said hey jim i feel like you're full of it and you're just doing this for the the pride aspect right mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have heard it anyway because god wasn't <laughs> he hadn't done his orchestration yep. yet mm-hmm. But I, I think maybe for someone else, we can be that person mm-hmm. where they get that image clearer sooner. Mm-hmm. I would have loved years longer of following Jesus, healthier marriage, where my life would be, right? Mm-hmm. Don't know. But I'm thankful where it is now, once Jesus got a hold of it and the things that he has yeah. done. I mean, to mm-hmm. redeem some of those parts of the story earlier, like we lost the house, through miraculous means, we have a house now. Likewise, we've we have a kid. I'm I'm an old guy and I got a three-year-old daughter, and she's the best thing in my life. And Mm -hmm. I show everyone pictures and Mm -hmm. I lose my mind, right? If you follow my wife on social media, you've probably seen thousands of her. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, like God redeems Mm -hmm. the biggest hurts in our story. And it's it's not like I'm trying to earn those things. Mm. It's just when my wife says, I love you, you dope. (laughs) and I only want to respond with, well, then let me show you how much I love you. And I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do stupid things, things I don't want to do. If it shows you that I love you well, Mm. right. Then how could I do anything different with God? If I have a conversation with someone who thinks I'm a dope, but they know Jesus better, I'll be a dope. Mm. And if I can have a conversation with someone and realize they don't need me, then I can get out of the way because it was never about me. Mm. And so, yeah, so it's, it's that aspect of, what am I here for? If I'm going to mm-hmm. die, no one's going to care what job I had, what I did. It's just, did they get any closer to Jesus from our time together? If they did, great. Mm-hmm. But if not, then my job is to get out of the way. Because I trust that God will bring the right person in their life, the right mm-hmm. time, the right moment. He's a way better planner than I could ever pretend to strategize mm-hmm. yeah. to get that far.
0: Mm-hmm. And that that trust is something that is hard. And it sounds hard earned in your part too, to just be able to let go.
1: You know, I I can't pretend like that really was. Really? Okay. For me, it really was, as soon as I grasped how God loved me, Mm -hmm. then it was, I mean, it's a natural byproduct, Hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. my wife doesn't have to earn my trust and we didn't have to go through like a long process. She revealed herself to be trustworthy. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't overthink sitting in a chair if the chair looks stable, right? Yeah. And I don't, I don't overthink it. To me, it's, Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm I don't struggle with decisiveness. So I would love to take credit for like, yeah, I really like work towards being more trusting of God. No, Mm -hmm. my nature is Mm -hmm. it's a binary decision. You are trustworthy. You are not, you are 50% trustworthy. Then I will trust 50% of what you say. I'll test the things I don't, Mm -hmm. but God is 100% trustworthy. Hmm. So it's, it's as simple as, well, then I believe what you say. Mm
0: -hmm. And hmm, I like that almost simplifying of the approach because it is pretty easy, at least for if you're like me to overthink things sometimes. And to not to be like, oh, but if I don't do this or, oh, but what if this doesn't happen? And then not realize that sometimes like, but trust in the Lord and he will make your path straight. It doesn't say he's going to show you where the map leads. True. It's just the next step. Yeah.
1: The the one I used to say all the time is like, I I trust that God will lead me where he wants. And Mm -hmm. if where he wants to lead me is my life being screwed up to get my attention. I trust that he'll do that. Yeah. Like if, and it's not like this, like. Uh, Christian superstition, like follow Jesus, or you might have to jack your life up. Mm. But it's a, it's a trust that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: hey, he wants my attention.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: wants my love. He wants my honor, respect, and worship. And to do anything less, he may have to shake my cages to get my attention. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, I'll pray that if I ever get to that point, God, would you do it again? Mm-hmm. If I ever lose my way, it, I'm asking you now, shake me enough. To get my attention, even if it Mm. breaks me again and ruins my life again, because if I'm not judging how happy my life is, I'm judging how happy the rest of forever is. Mm. I'll be dead longer than I live. So even if he's got to ruin my life to grab my attention, Mm. if he does that and he has my attention, he has my love, Mm. then the trade-offs, I mean, it's, it's inconsequential. Mm -hmm. I'll be dead before I know it Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'll be. Dead for a very, very long time, which means (laughs) Mm -hmm. eternal life is everything. So for me, I guess because there's not, uh, there's not the emotional part there to that. It's, it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's a logical argument. Like I will be dead for an infinite period of time Mm -hmm. or I'll have eternal life for, Mm -hmm. you know, eternity. And so when people ask me, like, Oh, how's that guy in your small group doing? I'm like, I don't know. Ask me when we're dead. I'll (laughs) let you know. Because I mean, if he follows Jesus for the next 60 years, but it was all for show, well, then. Yeah. I, I can't take any credit for that. It's all garbage.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: if he follows Jesus because he means it, well, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be super excited. Yeah. But I can't judge the heart. God does that. Hmm. So somebody thought, I love Jesus and was all in when I shared my testimony in high school and got baptized. But only God and me knew that it yeah. was all, all for show, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to judge somebody else and say, oh, they're, they fell away. They could be in, the, in their heart of hearts. Just grappling with like, God, this hurts. But, Mm -hmm. and so they're still talking to God. They recognize his authority, right? Mm -hmm. Versus the person who's at church every Sunday and doing it because, you know, I feel pretty good when I go to church. I'm a pretty Mm -hmm. swell person because I got it right. Not those other religions. They, they screwed up, Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty swell. Mm -hmm. Well, then Jesus, you know, told the Pharisee who was like, oh, you know, thank God that I'm not a sinner. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to judge the heart. And when I, when I focus on that, to me, it's just a logical thing of, I don't know. Ask me all when we're dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of my, my self doubt of the effect that I have on people. Mm -hmm. I'm sure when I'm dead, I will be heartbroken for the wrongs. I'll have Mm -hmm. some that I no longer feel bad about. I'll have some where I see, oh God, you used my screw up to Mm -hmm. actually do something good there just like I was praying for thanks yeah. Th- that my insufficiency actually helped them to realize that I'm not the one to look up to but you are great okay, cool then mm-hmm. then I'll be thankful for my my insufficiency mm. um and then others that I thought I did pretty swell with I'll find out I was I was a waste of time right mm. so it'll all come out in the wash, mm. but it's Jesus's wash
0: <laughs> yes, you heard it here folks. it's Jesus's <laughs> wash um wow no I I absolutely love like that perspective and taking the the eternal view and realizing that, you know, not getting lost in the moment to moment and in the calculations and the things that we can actually see, but just trusting in God that truly all things will work out for good for those who love him. Um, as you know, Paul writes in Romans. And um
1: Yeah, not bad for a guy who got killed.
0: Right. Right? Like, yeah. So I love it when people are like, oh, all things work out for the good. Uh-huh.
1: From a guy who got, you know, killed, killed. for being a believer. So clearly mm-hmm. he wasn't talking about. Right now, today, mm-hmm. like like that's not the trade we're making here.
0: No, I mean, he was what killed in prison twice, beat so close to death that people thought he was dead and stopped beating him. Um, I mean, just, yeah. I played
1: dead. He got close enough to, you know, really do it well.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this is a a very different mindset than um, what the world teaches and what is like even intuitive to us sometimes to grasp. Um, and I think, um, I can see how God has been teaching you that mindset throughout your life. And I could see how God's hand has been at work. Um, do you have any, like any closing like thoughts or anything like on your mind or on your heart? You would like to share any like, Oh you know, church, we need to hear this.
1: It's a weird one. Um, hmm. But it, cause it's off topic. okay. Yeah. Uh, nothing we talked about so far, but I was just thinking like for some of you guys, you might've had the uh, unfortunate displeasure of, running into me on Sunday mornings online for mm-hmm. however long, right? And I remember when I first uh, was thinking about working at a church, because mm. um, I thought, oh man, they've got better standards than that. No one would be dumb enough to hire me at a church. Mm. Uh, turns out they are not. <laughs> um, but uh, but I asked someone, I said, man, uh, you a friend of mine had worked at Morningstar. And I asked her, I said, hey, as you worked there and you saw behind the scenes, did it increase your faith or make it harder? And and she said it it increased my faith. The mm. more I saw people behind the scenes, the more I realized how God was moving. A- mm. And so as I, I've stepped into a different season of life, got a new job recently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um only because the people that are online are the ones I feel most connected to, right? Because mm-hmm. in person, there's all that like emotional stuff online. It's, it's people talking. Mm. Um, I want to make sure that people know, like I We need to be connected and being discipled Mm. and do discipling. And the more that I worked at Morningstar, every bit of what I expected held true. The more Mm. I saw behind the scenes, the more I saw the way that Pastor Scott and Pastor John just break in prayer for this body, this city, the people that God has entrusted with them. Mm. It did increase my faith. And so... I just want to make sure that as I've stepped out from a particular job title, mm. I've not stepped out from, I love Jesus. Mm. I love the people of Morningstar. And I hope that that no one uses my stepping out or my mm. like, hey, I don't see Jim quite as much anymore. You're probably thankful for it. But for the two <laughs> people who aren't, <laughs> hi, mom, hi, dad, yeah. um, that, uh, that you would know that uh, I, I just dream and beg and hope and pray that that your faith would be increased Mm -hmm. as you see the next generation of people that God has appointed for a season and a time and a place to serve them in this way, because Mm -hmm. God has always brought the right person to the hurting, Mm -hmm. the right person to this staff. And I believe that it's continuing to happen. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's, that's a good word, Jim. Thank you. Um, I, I am encouraged by that as well. Um, You know, it's sometimes, When you see how the sausage gets made, I've heard several people talk about the inverse experience, just like throughout the nation or hearing other people's stories where they hear, you know, like, oh, man, pastors really aren't perfect people. It's like (laughs) I guess I've never had that expectation, right? (laughs) That's a great expectation to have never had. Um, And uh, yeah, I think there's a... saying that uh, at least I know in the context of like science where the first sip of the sciences will make you an atheist, but God is waiting for you at the bottom of the glass. And I think this really much applies here. If any of you have had an experience where, um, you know, you maybe met someone behind the scenes a little more and you're like, Oh dang, they're not perfect. Or, um, hopefully we're all having that encounter where we get to meet more, meet these people and see these people who are Um, faithfully following Jesus and they're calling to, uh, you know, ministering as like a pastor and then you get to see them and your faith increases. And for those of you that have had hard um, instances, like, I'm sorry, uh, you know, um, that's not every story, but uh, my encouragement to you is like, keep looking for that increase of faith that Jim was talking about. Keep looking for God in that because he is waiting for you. And he loves you and wants you to know him. And he's not going to let one painful experience come between you both. Yeah. To quote a friend of mine,
1: a pastor here for a while, he said, man, when I look around, when I look down, I I can be discouraged. Mm -hmm. When I look up, all the hope in the world. Wow.
0: Wow. That's great. Uh, Well, uh, one last thing, Jim, uh, where do people like typically find you at Morningstar on like a, a like a, maybe like what service or what other ministries are you involved in?
1: Yeah. Or- so my wife and I go to second service because getting a three-year-old up at uh, nine o'clock is uh, just not fun. Yeah. So we're always at the second service. We're usually sitting kind of in the back, back mm-hmm. left area. Yeah. Um, Mostly because I don't want to be distraction to somebody else. I'm very hyper analytical <laughs> about like, um, and then the big one is, uh, uh, riot on Wednesday nights and mm-hmm. my Bible study with my high school guys on Sunday nights. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, Sunday mornings, 11 o'clock. And now that I've, I've stopped doing the online service, I find that I'm, I'm here and attending. Mm. And that's been one of my, my joys is having that moment when someone comes up and they want to share something where they're hurting or they're happy. Mm. I love catching up with people, hearing about how God's worked in your life and Mm -hmm. actually having the time to devote to that Mm -hmm. because there is a part of being on staff where you you do have responsibilities where Sunday is the thing where you have to love people and that's a God-given joy to do, Mm -hmm. but you also have things you have to get done too. And as I find myself showing up on Sunday with really no agenda other than, hey, let's go to church. Mm -hmm. Let's love some people, talk to some people. I find myself showing up with more energy, more rested and Mm -hmm. more ready to, to do what maybe I should have been doing in the first place. Hmm. So I hope I do see you on Sunday morning. And if it's 11 o'clock and you see me, you're not interrupting my wife and I, you're Mm -hmm. a, you're a highlight of the morning. So come say
0: hi. That's great. That's great. Uh, Thank you, Jim, so much for coming okay, on sir. the podcast. Uh, thank you, family, for listening or watching. I really hope that you found something um, within Jim's story that you were able to connect with or learn from or some new perspective on God that will help you um, grow closer to him and see just how great his love is for you and just the response of a uh, heart to him and how that should look like. Um, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you on the next of the first or third Wednesdays. Bye, Jim. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Morning Star podcast. Join us again next time as we display God's handiwork and encourage you to live a Jesus-first life.